when they are given the right environment and the right things by which they can flourish in. Different things need different environments. Different people need different environments and different things in their life, not to just make them grow, but to make them thrive. God doesn't want you to just grow. He wants you to become all that he made you to be. He wants you to become all that he created you to be. He wants you to thrive and the things of God. He wants you to grow at a, way, at a rate by which only he can be given the credit for. So as we closed last week, I felt the same spirit then that I feel today. The spirit of God that is thick, comforting, and can give you peace in a way that I simply can't give to you. Can give you peace and understanding in ways simply that other people can't give to you. When you think they're giving it to you, they're actually letting God work through them. They couldn't do anything for you spiritually if they had to, unless it be by the power and spirit of God moving and manifesting itself through them. That's why Jesus had to come and give his life so that we can invite that spirit and that comforter into our lives to be the Lord of our lives. That strong spirit that I felt people were sensing last week, I believe that God was speaking to some. It was confirmed in my heart as some people left and have messaged me throughout the week that yes, indeed, God was speaking to me last week. I never take lightly God working through his word and his sermon through this pulpit the sacred desk of clergy. Although there's times that I joke and poke and I play around, I respect the desk of the pulpit a great deal. I would never do anything to interfere with what God wants to say through the pulpit. So I thank him for that today. I believe God was confirming with people that with him, all things and every day is a new beginning, and that your past does not define you. I would actually contend to say that your past enhances who he wants to make you. Enhancement. He won't just bring you through and bring you out. He'll accelerate and elevate your position in the kingdom. He will bring you through and enhance your position based upon what you've been through. He's not going to take it and let it define you. He's going to take it and let it enhance you that you might be a man or woman of God and use it for the good of the kingdom. We have all have a past. We all have shortcomings. We all, in a certain sense, are messed up. In a sense, we all have problems and things that we deal with. And we cope with even those that seem strong on the outside and put a good, strong cover up. There's an enemy out here in the spiritual realm that we fight against. And if we're not careful, that enemy that we call Satan, Lucifer, the devil, he will get the best of you. You are no match for the enemy. But through the power of Jesus, the great one that lives within you, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Forces of spiritual darkness. 
I've come to realize in ministry over the years, I can't believe that it's probably been about 25 of them now since I decided to fully dedicate myself to ministry, not just play games with God. I've realized over those years that far too many people carry burdens with them that they can't let go. They carry baggage with them that they think still defines who they are. Burdens, heavy loads to carry, questions. In the flesh, this is normal to carry burdens, to carry a load. And my carnality, the one that you know as Scott Fussnecker that just does things in the world, sometimes we want to carry the baggage. We want to carry the burden. But in Jesus' name, how many know in Jesus' name there's power? In Jesus' name, I'm an overcomer. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. And although I might have burdens in man's eyes, when I walk in the Spirit, when I talk in the Spirit, when I live in the Spirit, I can then experience freedom that only comes from Him, that only comes from God. You might be able to go to a session and, and go, go, go to whatever it is that you go to, and I'm cool with that. We have, we have a, a staying surrendered group that meets here on, on, on Monday nights. It's an Alcoholics Anonymous group. For all y'all Bible thumpers out there, if you don't think we should be hosting out here, y'all pray for us because we're hosting it anyway because we're trying to set some people free. We're trying to get them, off the, get them off the stuff that's holding them captive. And I'm cool with it. I love it. I like to try to provide people things, relationships, uh, people that they can count on, accountability people. But if it's just the program in itself with nothing else to it, then it becomes like everything else that we do in life. It just has no meaning. But when we put some spiritual elbow grease into it, God begins to do things in people's lives like set them free. He begins to do things in people's lives like make a way out of no way. When they can't see where the road is leading, he begins to just light up a next step for them. Living in freedom in the spirit of the Lord is the opposite of being held captive by your burdens. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know the answer. Because I know the anointing and I know I've been doing this long enough to know that there are people in here, even the super saints that showed up on the time change when it's 60 degrees out, that'd be us, the super saints, y'all still got burdens that you carry. I've got burdens that I carry that the enemy would like to take me out with. So when well, you're a pastor, you don't have burdens, do you? You dig deeper in the spirit, put a little elbow grease in, and you see how many burdens the enemy wants to try to throw your way. If you're running from him, you ain't doing nothing, and the enemy going to leave you alone. He's already got you captive. Carrying burdens, keeping you from experiencing an almighty God. When you carry burdens, it keeps you from experiencing an almighty, powerful God, a miracle-working God, a God that forgives. Did y'all know that? 
A God that forgives. Don't let your past keep you captive. A God that loves you, in spite of how many times you've ever let him down. His love is truly unconditional. He'll love you like no one else can. He loved you so much that he sent his only son to die so you might have a chance to spend eternity in a place we call heaven. A love, an unconditional love. The Bible says, what greater love could there really be than a man laid down his life for a friend? It's love. It's unconditional. He's a gracious father. Giving me what I don't deserve. Having mercy on me when the world says that I shouldn't have mercy. He decides to go to the courts of heaven and justifies me to God and says, I've died for this one. I've got this one covered. My grace has this one covered. God, we're going to have mercy on him. On the outside, people might seem to have it all together. Came to the realization in the last couple of weeks that you just sometimes have to be made aware of or be reminded of people go through things from Sunday to Sunday. I'm not just your pastor on Sunday. We go through stuff. The longer that I do this job, the more I become shepherd-like. Just this past week, y'all say, where, where, where's the drummer at? I like to watch the drummer play. I like to, I like to watch Eddie play. Y'all didn't know he's pushing 60. Boy, can play them things for being that age. His sister is in the hospital. He recently called my father and I as pastors to go pray for his sister in the hospital who's been given just a few days left here on this earth, shepherd-like. He didn't know last week when he was playing that he would get that news. The news that people get from day to day is burdensome. We need the enemy to leave us alone, and we can only do that through the power of the Spirit of God. And although his relentless pursuit may never stop, we can overcome and be made new every day. No longer being held captive by chains of bondage. I always have heard breaking chains and chains of bondage and all of this stuff. What does that look like, Pastor, in your real life? Chains of bondage manifest themselves in many ways, shapes, and form. Most of the time it comes through guilt, comes through shame, comes through regret, comes through sadness, comes through sorrow, comes through failures, and so much more. The fact of the matter is, Jesus already took the things to the cross for you. You don't have to carry those with you any longer. All of your regret, Jesus brought to the Calvary at the cross. All of your sorrows and sadness and shame, he already brought those to the cross. You were on his mind 2,000 years ago when he brought your burdens to the cross. Why then do we keep carrying the burden when we know that every negative experience that we have, Jesus has already 
overcome through the power of his blood that was shed for you and I. The Bible says that he took 39 stripes, 39 lashes with what is called a cat of nine tails. If you would look it up on Google Images, you would see one. Reverse claws on it, being hit, being beaten for my sake. Why then do we still find it necessary to carry the burdens? Take all of your burdens to the cross. We sing a song here that says, bring them to the table. There's a seat waiting for you. No matter what it is that you bring to the table, the song says, it's nothing he hasn't seen before. All of your burdens, all of your sorrows, all of your cares, bring your burdens to the table. It's nothing new. It's nothing he hasn't seen before. So I think in order to overcome and try to round third and head for home, do y'all get that one? Any Reds fans in here? Joe Nuxall, rounding third, heading for home? I know we got some Hamiltonians in here. You ought to know. This is the old lefty, rounding third and heading for home. In order to try to bring this thing to a close and transition it into the Healthy Disruptions series that I want to bring you, I want to talk to you a little bit about inward change versus outward change or outward focus. I believe that too often we work on changing ourselves from the outside and we're worried about what others see and we're worried about what others think. Dangerous ground to be walking on. There's nothing more important than letting God change you from the inside. Somebody say inside. inside. Nothing more important than letting God change you from the inside. What I cannot see. 2 Corinthians 4.16 tells us, Therefore, if we do not lose heart, throughout, though outwardly we are wasting away, I hate getting older. There's nothing that you can do about wasting away. This fleshly body that we're blessed with and the vapor of time that we're on this earth is constantly wasting away. We're constantly getting pimped up, prepped up, pinched up, perked up, painted on, and everything else you could do to try to keep this body from wasting away. Y'all save y'all's money and take a vacation or something. It ain't going to matter anyway. One of these days, this body, this mortal, shall take on immortality. And I will receive a glorified body and live in the heavens with the one who died for me forevermore. Although outwardly I'm wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed. This is what will never die. Inwardly, on the inside, what you can't see what you know nothing about, all of my sorrows, all of my shames, on the inside, I'm being renewed day by day, every day, all day, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all day long, every breath that I take, I am being renewed by the one who gave his life for me. Hallelujah. 
When you allow God to change you on the inside, listen to me now, the outside will take care of itself. When you get yourself cleaned up on the inside, the outside just starts to radiate just a little bit better than it did before. There's something about a Christian that glows about them. There's something about a believer that glows about them. There's something about a believer that knows he or she has been set free. They walk with a little bit of kick in their step, a little bit of pride in their step, knowing that although they should have suffered on the cross like Christ did, Christ took the pain for them and he renews me daily. Nothing like it. Nothing more important than letting God change you from the inside. The outside will take care of itself. You say, how does that happen? You say, save your money and take a vacation. This shell that we live in, you see, is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about exhibiting things on the outside that can only be born from the inside. If you go into Ephesians chapter 5, you'll find some of these that Paul talks about. The fruit of the Spirit. When I get changed on the inside, I begin to love more and you see it on the outside. When he changes me on the inside, I begin to have a little bit more joy that the world didn't give to me. And you can see it manifesting on the outside. When I'm changed on the inside, you see, I have a little bit more peace in the midst of the storm. Although you can't see the peace manifesting itself on the inside, you see it manifesting itself on the outside. That when storms come, I still know how to navigate my way. When I, when I have storms in my life, I still have a compass that I call the Holy Bible. I call Jesus Christ. In the midst of the storm, I still have a compass and a lamp that guides me in the way that I need to be guided. Even though you can't see on the inside, you'll see a more forgiving person on the outside. When I don't want to love you, when I want to backbite, when I want to backstab, when I want to tell you off, as long as I let God change me on the inside, what you begin to see on the outside is forgiveness. Say, I don't know how they do it like they do. They don't do it like they do. It's Jesus working on the inside and it's forgiveness being manifested on the outside. You say, I don't know how they continue to respond with kindness. That's because you don't know what's going on on the inside. When you've been changed on the inside, kindness will begin to manifest itself on the outside. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Faithfulness. You say, he ought to be lashing out. He ought to be doing this and that. But you see, you haven't been changed on the inside enough to know that when you ought to act one way, gentleness will manifest itself on the outside. Inward change manifested on the outside. Self-control manifested on the outside. These are the nine fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5. So what does a Christian look like? That's what they look like. That's what they act like. That's what they sound like. That's what they walk like and talk like and live like. Not as the world would want them to, but as Christ would want them to. With goodness and love. You can address the issues with the outside all that you want to. But until you're changed on the inside, your works and efforts will be in vain. 
Hallelujah. You can chase things that please people on the outside all you want. But time will always win the battle of the outside. But from day to day, I'm renewed in my spirit. In order that those fruit of the spirit might manifest itself through my life. These are things that I like to talk about that I call beneath the surface. Things that other people cannot see. Say, what is it that makes you do what you do on the outside that's changed you? My Christian experience, God most often does his greatest work beneath the surface of what others can't see. Healthy things have healthy roots beneath the surface. Healthy roots and growing things, the roots of those growing things are much often more large than what you see on the outside. Although an oak tree might look rather large to the human eye if you could only see what's under the ground causing that oak tree to sprout. I'm challenging you today to begin to ask yourself, what is it that my life is rooted in? So that I can manifest on the outside things that please God. The root system of a tree is at least two to three times larger as what we see above the ground. Here's what the roots do. They absorb nutrients and they absorb, absorb water that might let things above the ground do what they're supposed to do. So on the inside of a believer, we should be absorbing the word of God. We should be trying to do what we can do to observe and absorb what it is that God says we should be living like in his word. I often get questions, and I know people sometimes want to list, Pastor, is it all right to do this? Is it all right to do that? You already coming to me in the first place because you done got a hunch it's wrong in the first place. So the same spirit that's dealing with you, just go ahead and finish out the work with that one. I don't have no list for you. Well, what about the Ten Commandments? Boy, I do that and much more. Hallelujah. See, I've got my own covenant. When Moses wrote those, he was coming down from the mountain after, and I'm not downplaying that one bit, but see, now I've got a relationship because Jesus came that I might be forgiven. And he gives me a list that goes well beyond the tablet. Say, what can I do? Pastor, can I do this? Do you have a relationship with God? Pastor, is it okay to do this? Listen to the spirit that you say lives inside you. Let him make the list. Hallelujah. Does this send you to hell? Can you do this? Do you have a relationship with God? Hallelujah. Praise God. Things going on beneath the surface. This is more to a believer. There's more to me than what you see on the outside. A believer that's been changed on the inside is very dangerous. See, because they operate in power that man cannot understand. They operate in a power that man simply cannot overcome. When the world says, I can't, God says, I can. When the world says there is no way, God said, hold up for a second. I done made a way. When there's no way for me to cross over, God becomes my bridge builder. You can't do anything about this. Jeremiah 17 and 8 
tells it like this, that they are like trees that are planted by the water or along the riverbank, sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. The believer does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. When you think that I ought to be sad and uh, 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 you think that I ought to be downtrodden or whatever the word that I'm looking for is here, my leaves are always green because I'm like a tree that's planted by waters of, of, of living waters. I never run dry. Whenever my soul begins to get weak, I just dig into the rivers of living water provided for me by the king of kings. There is a fountain that flows from Emmanuel's veins. There is a fountain that flows from a place that you can't flow from. Living waters. I've got the roots of my life planted in a place that you can't see. I'm well beneath the surface of the troubles of this world. I'm well below the surface of the details that the enemy would like me to focus my attention on. I'm well below all of that, and I'm deep into the rivers of life, receiving from God what it is that he wants me to receive so that I can live out my dreams that I have for the kingdom of God, so I can live out the plans that God has for me, so that I can become all that he made me to be in Jesus' name. You can't see where my roots are. This is manifested from a place you gotta go to. Not bothered by the heat, nor the long months of drought. Anybody ever feel like it's just not raining in your life enough that God needs to do more in your life? Plant your feet and your roots in the rivers of life and the droughts will simply no longer be what they used to be. You'll be able to praise God through the storm. You can't stop the storms, but you can go through the storms with the one that gave his life for you. You can't stop bad things from happening and God is all good. You can't stop the forces of evil sometimes in this world, but you can overcome them through the power that is greater than those in the world. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. He's talking about the fruit. Love, joy, peace, forgiveness. He tells me that when I do all of this, forgiveness, kindness, goodness, all the stuff, it will never fail to bear the fruit of the Spirit. That just connected. I didn't just discover that. I put it in there on purpose, y'all. I'm just playing it out for you. You never know the work that God is doing beneath the surface of those that you rub shoulders with every day. Your sails may be torn. The old song that I sing says that your ship may be battered. But the anchor holds. The anchor is able to steady what is above the surface. Hallelujah. We must allow for God to be our anchor. 
God often does his greatest work out of the public eye beneath the surface. What happens beneath the surface is far greater than what others can see. If there be any good in me that you observe today, let it be known that there is a greater work taking place on the inside, a greater work taking place beneath that is changing me every day, day by day. It's making me new. I am like a tree that is planted by the water. My leaves will never grow dry. He will sustain me even through times of drought. Not only does God change us on the inside and beneath the surface does he do great work, God is positioning you for something greater. God will position you for things that you simply can't explain on your own. Through all of your situations, he's adjusting your compass just right to step into things that you can't understand. I'm not supposed to be up here, you see, doing all of this. Just little bits of obedience at a time. God began to reveal things in my life, and I just begin to step through thresholds. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that no matter what may come my way, he holds my tomorrow. He will position me beneath the surface. You see, he doesn't position me. We view positions from a worldly standpoint. Try to correlate them with things that don't matter. My position's being determined far beneath the surface. He's making adjustments in my life for things that are going to come my way. He's preparing me for what might come my way. He's making a position for me that I will be able to defend myself from in Jesus' name. Beneath the surface, positioning me. Did you know that when you plant things that... Even if a seed is planted any way that you decide you want to plant it. It doesn't matter if it's planted right side up, upside down, or on its side. That a seed has the ability to position itself so the stem will always grow upward and the roots will always grow downward. It's just the way that God does things. So when you have been planted, you have to understand that it doesn't matter how you ended up in the position that you're in. It doesn't matter what things brought you to the position you're in. Your past no longer concerns God with where he's going to take you. It doesn't matter if you've been flipped upside down on your side, bent up, broke up, changed up, jacked up, whatever it is, your condition doesn't matter. He is going to begin to make it so that you see on the outside the roots that he's developing on the inside. He's positioning you to use your story for good. He's positioning you to take that story and enhance who you're going to become. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is taking time for great things in your life. You've got to give him time to position you. I didn't become a preacher overnight. I didn't become the husband that I am overnight. And my wife is in here. She'd probably say, yup, he's still becoming too. He ain't there yet. No, I'm not. 
And I'm not all I'm going to be in Jesus' name, and he's still working on me, but I'm better than I was yesterday. Hallelujah. Today you might feel like the whole world is caving in. If I read it directly from my notes, I would just simply say your life might feel like all hell is breaking loose right now. But what I have learned in those times is that sometimes we've just got to stand still and let God position us. We've got to stand still and let God do sometimes what medicine cannot do. We've got to stand still sometimes and let doctors do. God do what doctors cannot do. We've got to stand still sometimes and let God do what a therapist cannot do. And I'm not downplaying all of these, but sometimes we've got to stand still and let God do what our spouse cannot do. He will do for you simply put what the world cannot do. The world would like for you to believe that if you search long and hard enough that you can find joy in the things of the world. I've got news for the world and those that want to give me that message. You've come along just a little bit too late to tell me otherwise. What I have and this joy that I have, the world did not give to me and the world cannot take it away. I've got my feet planted in the things of God. I am like a tree that's planted by the water. My roots are deep into the springs of the river of life that flows from Emmanuel's veins. I am a child of the King. I've been bought with a price. The joy that I have can't be bought. The joy that I have has already been paid for at a place called Calvary. Money can't buy this thing that I have. It was paid for by the blood of the spotless lamb whose name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Savior, the King, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning, the End, the King, the Almighty, the Rose of Sharon. He does all things. You can't give this to me. In fact, when Jesus spoke the words on the cross, he used the words, he said, it is finished. If you study that word for any amount of time, you'll know that that word, it is finished, those words, it's one of the six statements that Jesus made from the cross. One of those six statements was, it is finished. When he said those words, he said, it is paid. The debt has been paid. The derivatives and roots of it is finished in the Greek is, it is finished, it has been paid. Don't carry your burdens any longer. All we have to do is accept, accept what it is and who it is that paid the price. All we've got to do is accept Jesus as our Savior. All we've got to do is run to him. I want you to stand with me if you would. And I'm going to ask two questions. And I'm going to ask you to be bold. We don't have any heads bowed and people might be looking around. So I'm going to ask you to be courageous. One question is, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you want to come to know him, you want to accept him as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to just simply walk to the front. We're going to pray for you. If that's you, please come now. Be bold and be courageous. If that is you, please come now and we will make things new for you. The other question that I have is, 
You might be saying, Pastor, I thought I was rooted. I thought I was planted. I thought I had this thing figured out. But I've since learned this morning in the last 35 minutes that I've got to go a little bit deeper into the things of God. I've got to go a little bit deeper into the things that God wants me to experience. If that is you, I'm going to ask you as a corporate body, if you're in this house, to come to the front so we can have corporate prayer. Anyone in the house that wants to go deeper, please make your way up to the front of this building today. As Jared sings, I want you to make your way. Media team, I want you to put that song up on the screen. Lord, I need you. Make your ways to the front. Let's worship.